So yeah, everybody praying, everybody helping out, and everybody giving, because uh, let's have a look. Sam and I, I mean, frankly, we're still pinching ourselves that we get to be a part of a church that does all these things. Um, that locally, in our local area, we're helping with debt relief, and we're helping vulnerable women be empowered. Nationally, you are planting churches and doing it in towns and estates and bringing the church back to life. And globally, um, evangelization of the globe through Alpha, um, investing in marriages worldwide. And so it's an enormous privilege for us to get to be involved. Everybody praying, everybody helping out, and everybody giving, because visions like this cost money. Of course they do. And the extraordinary thing is that 1,895 people here, uh, more than that if you remember that some of those have got partners or families, 1,895 people give regularly, monthly, financially towards the vision, as much or as little as they're able to do. And that, actually, that's our kind of preferred way of giving uh, because it means that we can forecast uh, what's we're expected to come in and to budget accordingly. And uh, others um, give by one-off uh, donations. Um, and our church wardens and treasurer have set us a target for this vision series of what we might raise to do all that we believe that God is calling us to do as a church in this next season. Uh, the first figure is around these monthly regular giving. And uh, what they've suggested is that we see whether today, across all our services and all our sites, we raise that monthly figure by 30,000 pounds a month. So in other words, if all the people who have joined the vision here at St. Peter's since we last had a gift day, if you all start today to take out a direct debit, a monthly way of giving, like Sam and I, so that's spread up to 1,897, so if we all do, we, should, we can more than shoot through 2,000. If every one of the new people start a standing order, or a, a direct of it, but also all those 1895 who are already giving that way, increased, just see whether you could stretch it a bit, add all that up, and see whether we can get a raise of 30,000 a month. And then the other figure, because not everybody can or wants to be able to give by monthly regular giving. So what about one-off donations? And some people like to do both, a monthly thing, but on a day like this when we're talking about the vision, to also make a one-off investment. And uh, so the figure for one-off donations is £700,000. And a little bit later, uh, we'll have an opportunity uh, to do that giving. And when it comes to money and finance and giving and HTB, there are four myths. Uh, the first is that HTB is a rich church. Actually, it's not true. HTB doesn't own anything that it can sell. It, it has no endowments, and we keep only the minimum amount of reserves that we need to for operating costs and salaries to meet charity uh, commission requirements. Uh, personally, Sam and I like it that way. We prefer to lead a church that's a bit hand-to-mouth, that is not having things in reserves. And the reason why we like it is because it will keep us accountable to you. Because you can, I guess it means that you can either stop 
or accelerate the vision that we give through your giving. And I guess in that way as well, we're all dependent on God for it. Now, it is true that we believe that in this season, God is calling us to expand and to grow in this vision of evangelization and revitalization and transformation. But we may not be right. And the proof of that will be in large part down to the giving that's done today. The second myth about HTB and giving is that HTB is funded by the Church of England that we're part of. Uh, that actually is the other way around. We help contribute towards the funding of the Church of England. And we're not complaining about that. We do not want this thing just to be about HTB, about us. We want it to be a blessing uh, to the wider church. And then the third myth, uh, the fourth one I'll come back to a bit later, but the third myth is this, that money and finance is a kind of awkward to talk about in church. And I wanted to say today that it don't have to be. I mean, every day, everywhere else, in the news media and the people I talk to, there is talk of nothing else at the moment than money and finance and the economy. So why don't we have a conversation about it in church today as well? Only let's have a different kind of conversation. Not a conversation as though the world belongs to the IMF. But how about a conversation that is rather, the world is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all the people who dwell in it. Or every good gift comes from above, from your heavenly Father, who does not change like shifting shadows. Or all things come from you, O Lord, and of your own do we give you. Today I want to talk about how to break the scarcity mindset. Welcome to the Gift Day 2022 at HTB, everybody, where we are going to strike a blow at our anxious, fret-filled, feared world by doing something so countercultural, so radically different from everything else that we see around us. Instead of hanging on to our money, in the eye of the storm of soaring inflation and God only knows what else next. We're going to bravely, courageously, trustingly give our money towards the evangelization of the nation, the revitalization of the church and the transformation of society. In the New Testament, we have a story of Jesus in Mark chapter 12 says this, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few pence. And calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. 
They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Here, Jesus is drawing our attention to somebody who has broken the shackles of a scarcity mindset. And she's done it by somehow managing to give out of her poverty instead of her wealth. And I'll come back to that a bit later. But I want you to notice two other things first about this story. First of all, did you notice that Jesus is watching what people are doing with their money? Now, why is he doing that? It's a bit rude, isn't it? Because Jesus knows that what people, what we do with money reveals what our hearts are like. Jesus is not after all our money. I imagine the King of kings and Lord of lords is quite wealthy enough already, thank you very much. But he is after all of our hearts. And he says, for where your treasure is, where your finance, where your resourcing is, that is where your heart is also. Because money issues are heart issues, are trust issues. Because it's possible to look to money to give us ultimately what God alone can give us. Protection, safety, comfort. Why do I not have greater freedom with my money? Because I'm scared. That's my story. I'm scared of the rocketing mortgage rates and a winter of discontent. And so I have discovered that giving money is the best mechanism I know for still putting my trust in Jesus. Jesus does not want your money, but he wants your flourishing. He wants your freedom, your life. He wants to break the fear and the untruth that somehow money will secure you when only he can. So how much should I give on a gift day? The answer is to give as much as will make you trust Jesus a little bit more. For some, 1% of what they have, giving that will be a stretch. For others, 10% of what they have would be like a stroll in the park. And 30% would be more like it. Sam and I, we go through this process each gift day, trying to work out how much we should give to the vision. And in circumstances like we're seeing in our world at the moment, I have to say that everything around us is screaming at us, you can't afford to give. And at the same time, through that, we we sense that we hear the whisper of Jesus to us. But do you trust me?
Do you trust me? Second thing you notice about this story is that the giving of money is referred to not as a collection, but as an offering. And there's a difference. Collections are really good things. Uh, In Corinthians, we read that the church takes up a collection to send to Jerusalem where people are less well off than they are to help them. And I guess that what we've got here is, is like we're raising a collection for these things. I mean, wouldn't it be brilliant to be able to open two of our sites this winter so that people who would otherwise be sleeping on the streets have shelter and a warm place to sleep? Wouldn't it be great to be able to have a community cafe for all the refugees and to help them as they come to London. So we're taking up a collection and for what it's worth, that's why Sam and I, we choose to do all of our giving to HTB because we're so excited and privileged to be able to do these things and play our part in these things in a small way. But also, I guess we figure that presumably the only people who are going to give to HTB are the people who come to HTP. So it's kind of on us to play our part. But an offering is different. See, a collection is where you give your money to. An offering is where you give your money from, which is your heart. And this is the fourth myth that I said I would come back to in a bit. The fourth myth is that, you know, the sums that we're talking about to raise today are so vast and my own little contribution is in comparison so small that what I put in on a day like this is barely going to make much difference to the whole and therefore kind of what's the point? And that's not true either. Because when you give however much or however little as an offering from your heart, then something happens to it. There's an ingredient in it as it's offered to God that he takes it and he somehow expands it and multiplies it. See, if you've ever done maths at school, you could really get quite confused by the Bible. I mean, if I've got one pound and I give you 50p, how much have I got left? Yeah, 50p. Okay, so in the Bible, Elijah has a jar of oil and pours out half. How much has he got left? Half. Wrong answer. Still full. (laughs) So he pours out another half. How much has he got left? Half, no, still full. You didn't learn that at school. There's a boy in the New Testament who has five loaves and two fish. Enough lunch, his mother considers, to see him through the day. How many people can that lunch feed? Answer, one. Wrong, 5,000. And when it's eaten up, how much of that lunch is left? None. Wrong, 12 basketfuls. So you see that economics you learn at school is very different from the economics you learn 
in the Bible. And the difference is that there's another ingredient in it, which is God and the Holy Spirit. And while everybody else subtracts, he multiplies. Because Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. So a scarcity mindset would never give up your five loaves and two fish. A scarcity mindset would never let down your nets for another catch when you tried the first time and caught nothing or fill six jars with water. Or a scarcity mindset would never fund a vision like this. But then so a scarcity mindset would never see a miracle of multiplication and more left over than you started with and a catch of 153 fish and water turned into wine and a surge of the Holy Spirit and churches and new Christians being planted all over the world. That's what I really like about this figure that we're raising today because it's unlikely that we'll get it all from just one person. I mean, if we do, I'll be sure to tell you. (laughs) But what it more likely is, is that everybody comes forward. And in a bit, we'll put a basket here. And we'll work out how much do we think, however little or however much, the Lord is prompting us to give. And then from right across the church and right across our sites and online, the live stream as well, we come and we put in whatever it is. We do it all day across all our services, all our sites online. We tot it all up, put it all together and see how God might multiply it. So finally, we're back to the verse that they gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty all that she had to live on. How Could she do that? I mean, how do you trust and risk so much that you could give like that? The answer is it's because of Jesus. It's when you look at the cross. Because when you look at the cross, Jesus is saying, look at this. I have held nothing back from you. On the cross, I experienced scarcity, so that you would never have to. On the cross, I experienced separation from the Father, so that you could forever and for all time now be connected to the all-surpassing abundance of your heavenly Father. I have held nothing back from you. I am coming to you this gift day when your world is so unpredictable and unstable and saying, look how much I love you. He who did not spare his own son, Romans 8 says, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? And do you believe it?
I have here a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. And I believe that this puzzle, this box, and what's in it speaks to us of the tension that we all experience in our lives. Because on the outside of the box, and it's a scene of picture of London, if it looks so like done, so completed, like shiny. But then, as you know, you open the box and you begin to pour out all the pieces onto the table. And it's overwhelming because in that moment, you're reminded that you have to now put it all together, piece by piece, to achieve that picture. And God has given us a picture. We see it so clearly in our hearts, like the outside of a jigsaw puzzle box. It's a picture of thousands of Londoners coming to faith in Jesus Christ. It's a picture of students coming from across the world and finding a home from home in church. And young people winning the war on their anxiety and despair through quiet faith in Jesus Christ. And older folk living a life of fulfillment and purpose for a lifetime. And new leaders raised up and sent out to plant churches in the most deprived areas of our nation's estates. And Alpha spreading across the globe to touch the hearts of millions. We see this picture like it's the outside of a jigsaw box. And then it's like God comes and he just pours all the bits out onto the table. And he says, now, piece by piece by piece, in faithfulness and obedience, through resilience and grit and prayer and my strength in you, we're going to build it together. And our vision is not so small that it can be achieved in one day or one week or one year or by one person or by one church. But it's by everybody picking up a piece and putting it in through faithfulness and grit and resilience. And Sam and I, we want to invite you on this Vision Sunday and through our giving today, we want to invite you to join us in picking up a piece and putting it in towards the picture that God has given us, the evangelization of the nations, the revitalization of the church and the transformation of society. Amen.